Good morning, church. What a gift it is to be able to worship with you on this first Sunday in July. The sun is on its way. It's coming. It's going to be summer. I know it is. Uh, in fact, right now, I believe that it is blue skies outside. So church, uh, I just want a couple of things just to check in with you about. Um, the first is uh, we sent an email out that uh, followed up on the survey that we did with you trying to figure out, OK, how do we how do we take next steps while our um, around us? We're in this phase three limited numbers of people meeting and gathering and those kinds of things. And uh, what we determined is, is a fairly positive support to keep going with the way that we're going. And I've interacted and talked with a few of us um, who are longing to get back together. And I, I have to tell you, I'm with you. I'm right with you. I want us to be gathered together. Um, here's how we decided uh, and made the decision. First, we consulted with you. Second, we looked at what are the, uh, what can we make work at CMC as far as the numbers and the spacing and all of those things and uh, and and that's how we arrived at this decision it's a good one but I want you to know it's seasonal it's not that we're saying hey for the rest of the duration of phase three this is what we're gonna do we're, we're just doing this for right now and I, I would say it's safe to look ahead in the summer now if that changes midway through the summer we mentioned to you every two before we actually do something we'll let you know two weeks in advance so keep talking keep interacting now one of the things that I really want to encourage us to do is to meet together. And, and so on Sunday mornings, if you're already connected in a community group, get your community group together and go to church together in one of your homes. Uh, it's a beautiful way where all of a sudden the distractions that are in your space um, disappear when you have other people in your space. And so uh, we're starting to do that right now. And we're looking forward to connecting with, with some of you as we move through church in this time. So, so get connected, meet together, um, move a TV out onto a deck if you want, set up some lawn chairs around. Um, we need to keep pressing in together. Okay. Um, one last thing is as we are making these assessments and trying to figure out what we're going to do at CMC and how we can make that work, it's come to our attention that there are a tremendous number of things that need to be done. Uh, not just it'd be nice that they're done, they actually need to be done. And some of those things are outside yard work. Some of those will be taking some of the yard work materials away uh, and either taking them to the dump or somewhere else. Uh, some of them are actually inside things that we have to get taken care of. Now, an email went out and there's all those details and specifics on there really want to invite you. Um, if you're in a season right now where because of everything going on, you haven't been able to serve at church, this is an amazing way to do that. And, and we need your help. And so please reach out to the office and let's do this together. I'm just going to pray for us, and then we are going to move in. And, and be, you know, before I pray, uh, I want to remind us that uh, today is Communion Sunday, and so we are actually going to be um, taking part in communion. And so just keep that in mind. I'll give you, so right now, get your mind space together. Okay, what am I going to go and get? And then I'll give you a little space before we go into communion so that you can go and get it and bring it back. Let's pray. Father, we are together as your people, as your church. We gather as, as the body 
where Jesus is the head and, and we are all the parts of the body. And so together, Lord, we, we make the, this deep confession that we need you, that we love you. And we also say that, that we need one another. And so together, Father, we, we pray for the church. We pray for uh, a church who are, are figuring out how to move forward, how to live as followers of you in this um, society that's in, in a bit of turmoil right now, Lord. But we know that regardless of what is going on around us, you have us secure. And so we commit ourselves to you. We commit our lives to you. And we just say, we love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, church, we are entering into the summer season and this summer we are going to be pressing into this truth and this reality that in Jesus, we have nothing to be afraid of. The, the series for this season is going to be fearless. And I am so excited to hear um, because we're going to share the, the speaking out. I'm so excited to hear as, as we bring this, this theme, this, this truth that, that there's nothing for us to be afraid of. There's nothing for us to be afraid of because Jesus had a, has us. He's made a way. And so if you have your Bibles today uh, on our first Sunday in the series of Fearless, I, I want you to turn to John 14. John 14. And I'm going to read in a, a few different places in John. And, and we're going to start just right a, at the top, right at, at verse 1. Now, John 14 is this amazing passage, and it's within a group of amazing passages. And I'm not going to talk long about this, but, but really what we're talking about are these, these key, uh, key chapters all around discipleship. Uh, what it means to live in Jesus, what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to serve Jesus and to serve one another. John 13 starts with Jesus uh, washing the disciples' feet. John 14 and 16 is, is all about the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going to be is more in 14. John 15 is, is I'm the vine, you are the branches. And then John 17 is where Jesus makes this amazing prayer. And his prayer is, is for us. It's for us, the church. And so I'd really encourage you, church, I'd really encourage you to spend some time and, and read through it and, and even go so far as to make it a part of your normal reading because it's so essential for us. So Jesus starts in John 14, 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. See, so right at the very entry into this, this portion of his speaking, Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, if we look around us in our culture right now, in our world, it's pretty easy to see troubled hearts, isn't it? If we, if we take a drive down the street, it's pretty easy 
to see troubled hearts. When we walk through the grocery store, it's pretty easy to see troubled hearts. When we turn on the news and, and see any, any number of tragedies occurring, it's pretty easy to see troubled hearts. Now, Jesus is saying this to his disciples, but he's saying it to you and to me, and he's really speaking it to the world. Now, how do we enter into this place of not being troubled? He says right at the start here, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe what in God? Believe in his deep and true love for us and believe in Jesus. And really, that's our entry point into living a fearless life. Now he goes on, uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump ahead to uh, verse 15. So jump ahead to verse 15, and he says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. See, there's, there's a, a number of things that Jesus is saying here. He, the first is that he's saying, okay, if you love me, so the, the first part is you love me. Then there's a response the love means that we listen. The love means that we then go and do. Does the doing earn us the love? Absolutely not. But the love means that we do. It means that we go and we do what Jesus is commanding us. The most essential is loving God with everything we are and loving everybody around us the same way that we love ourselves. And Jesus is saying in that moment, because he's, he's in the world, he's in his earthly ministry, he says, I, I will go. And we know now that Jesus has gone. And he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent our advocate. He sent the one who stands up for us. He sent the one who speaks the truth of God into our very being. And see, un until somebody makes this confession of faith in Jesus, until they, they speak and believe in their heart and their mind, they actually don't know the Holy Spirit. And, and this is what it makes, makes it so imperative that, that we as the church live lives demonstrating the life of the father so that somebody who looks at us sees a, a visible representation of the father and goes, I, I want that. And, and then they, they hear the Holy spirit who's speaking, Hey, there's a better way. There's a better way. There's a better way. And then they move to that place of, of longing for it. See, our series is, is titled, titled Fearless. It's about being fearless. But if we don't know Jesus, there are legitimate things to be fearful of. 
There are legitimate things to be fearful of in these moments right now. And there is an eternity, a potential eternity of separation from God. And if you've read any of the descriptions of what that separation looks like, I wouldn't want that on my worst enemy here. And we have to long for, for our friends around us to hear this truth, to, to actually see us living fearlessly. Verse 18, Jesus goes on, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And this is the believing part. It's not just that we believe that that Jesus was a great man and he was a son of God and, and he sent great things, but, but that Jesus went to the cross He physically died. His physical body ceased. His heart ceased beating. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, he rose from the dead. I hear that. Don't gloss over it. So often it's just, it's just part of this Christian ease talk that we do. And yeah, I believe that Jesus lived and he died and he rose again. And boom, we keep on going. No, no. Jesus laid in in a grave dead and the Holy spirit raised him up. And it's the same Holy spirit. It's the same Holy spirit who lives in us when we believe in Jesus. That's the demonstration of the love of God that we have his spirit in us. And that's, that's the power that we have. Because I live, you also will live. Verse 20, on that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. So on the day, on the day, (laughs) when we realize that Jesus lives, this, this is what happens. We know that Jesus is in the father. We know that we, because we belong to Jesus, are with the Father. Now, now where is Jesus? In this moment, Jesus is seated with the Father. He's there. He's interceding. He's praying for you and me. His heart is for you and me to see us move, to see us grow, to see us function, to see us live the way that he lived. And it says that we are in him. This is that spiritual reality. That that we have access into the heavenlies because of what Jesus did. Now, we need to make sure that we don't look like the world who doesn't see it and believe it. We need to be pressing in for these spiritual truths. And how do we access these spiritual truths? There's no other way than by the Holy Spirit revealing them to us. 
And I believe more and more that this is such a key for us, church. This is such a key for us unlocking and entering into the fullness that, that is there for us. And this idea of fear, fear keeps us locked in this world. Being fearless opens the world to us. When we realize that we are in Jesus and you are in me and I am in you. Jesus is in us by the Holy Spirit. I want you to skip down to verse 25. Now, this is really, this is really challenging for me, church, because every single word that Jesus is speaking is so imperative for us to grab. Uh, but, but for the sake of where we're at right now, uh, we're just moving through and we're, we're taking pieces. Please go back, read every single word. Verse 25, all this I have spoken while still with you, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Some things. He'll teach us everything. Everything we need for life and godliness. He'll teach us. Here's the question. Are we teachable? And and that's one of the, the biggest challenges, isn't it? is that we want either our own way or we think we know it all. Are we teachable is the first question. And then second, are we actually going to school? And how do we go to school? We sit before the master and we listen. We sit before the master and we listen. We listen through scripture. We listen as he speaks into into our very being. We listen as he speaks to people around us who have gone before us. Verse 27, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is a command. If you love me, obey my commands. Do not be afraid. I love John. I, I love, I love his writing. I love the way that he, he tells us about the heart of Jesus. And there's so much here and where we're going to camp this summer is this idea of do not be afraid. We are called to live fearless lives. And, and it's not that we're, we're supposed to just fear a little bit less. And you could put that, that more than or less sign there. No, no, no. It's really that we are to live fearlessly as in no fear. Now, fear is, is this emotion that comes when we believe there's a danger or a threat. And it's, it's emotional, but it causes physiological and sometimes behavioral changes. So if sometimes you feel afraid, all of a sudden your heart will start to beat really quickly. Sometimes you'll, you'll break into a sweat. Sometimes you'll, you'll actually want to run or you'll hide from something. Uh, sometimes you're, you're, uh, you, you'll have heard this phrase, fight or flight. Sometimes you'll want to get loud and aggressive and, and enter into confrontation. 
And th- there's sometimes that, that this, this fear response is good. It's the way that God has created us and it keeps us alive. And, and that's not really the type of fear that we're talking about. And so let me give you a type of, of good fear. Yesterday I was out with my kids and we're walking through the woods and we've paused. And who, who have we got with us? We've got um, our two little ones. So um, Tirsa and Selah. And they're, they're about yay high. And they kind of walk like this. They toddle a little bit. Uh, Tirsa's a little faster than Selah, but Selah's catching up. And we've got um, Zipporah and Zadok and Shiloh. And we're out for a forest walk and it's beautiful. Um, at that moment, it wasn't raining. Like it's been raining a lot lately. And uh, there's this, this cedar that fell, who knows how long ago it's tipped over and the kids have crawled up on it. And it's like a big bridge because there's gaps underneath it and they're, they're running along it and jumping off and they're running along. And so, so I've got Zadok and Zipporah up on the log and I've got the twins that are down there and Shiloh's nearby me. And all of a sudden I hear this scream, and Zadok, he runs off the bridge, he jumps, and he's just off. And I'm going, what's going on? All of a sudden, I see, there's this nest in the ground somewhere. I look at Zipporah, and Zipporah is just frozen. She's going, oh, I go, Zipporah, get over here. Shiloh, grab the babies, go. And so Zippy's coming, and she's screaming, ah, she doesn't want to jump off the bridge. I hold my hand out to her, jump, jump. Jump to me, and, and I make her jump, and all, and, and I look down. So twenty feet away now, Shiloh's running with the babies, and she got slides. I go, Shiloh, slow down! Don't drop the baby. <sighs> there was fear; it was legitimate fear. These little wasps, man, they and it's almost like a, an electrical sting. And I was trying to look it up, trying to research it, and we we call them mud wasps, although they don't have the coloring of a mud wasp, but they are aggressive and they are destructive and they rip you. Now it's interesting. So you see two different responses. You see Zadok run and fly off. You see Zippy's frozen. She thinks it's a bumblebee. If I stand still, it won't go. Real scenario, real situation, real response, and, and they go. The fear that Jesus is talking about here is this fear. If my kids stop wanting to go out into the woods because they're afraid that they step in the woods, they will be attacked by wasps. Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't let situations around you control you. Live fearlessly. I want you to pause right now exactly where you're at. And if you're with a group of people, I want you to, uh, I want to invite you to just have an exchange right now. Uh, And I want you to answer or finish this sentence. I am afraid of, and then fill in the blanks. So just take a moment and do that. Now, if, if you're somebody who um, has, to, <laughs> has to relieve the tension with a little bit of comedy, a little bit of a joke, go ahead. Get that one out. But then I want you to press a little deeper. So, so it might be, I'm afraid of sharks, uh, even in swimming pools. That was me at one point. Hilarious, I know. Uh, but then I want you to go a little bit deeper. I am afraid of uh, being lost in life, something like that. Okay. So take just, just a few moments right now.
Good exchange, good exchange, good talking. Uh, if, if, you, uh, if you aren't with somebody, I want you to write it down and I want you to share it. This is important because it's important that we actually speak these things out so that God can come and do his healing work. So I'm going to give you about five, ten more seconds and then we're going to keep going here. Okay, let me grab you back in here. Uh, I remembered from my days in psychology uh, and, and studying that there was, there was somebody who articulated really well, and I believe I managed to find it. It might have been somebody else, but, but Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Now, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, um, she's passed away right now, but she was born in Switzerland, and then she moved to the States at some point. She studied there and had a number of, of pretty, amazing, uh, pretty amazing impact in, in the lives of people who are near the end of their life and and she did some work with the the HIV community specifically wanting to work with kids in that community and, and we'll come come back a little bit to that in the end but this is what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said there are only two emotions love and fear all positive emotions come from love all negative emotions come from fear from love flows happiness, contentment, peace, and joy. From fear comes anger, hate, anxiety, and guilt. It, it's true that there are only two prim primary emotions, love and fear. But it's more accurate to say that there is only love or fear. For we cannot feel these two emotions together at the same time. They're opposites. If we're in fear, we're not in a place of love. When we're in a place of love, we cannot be in a place of fear. So did you hear that, church? Really, you can experience one or the other. And what she is saying, what Elizabeth is saying, is I believe why Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Because when you surrender to your fear, you are, are limiting your access to God. Now, is God with you? Absolutely. God doesn't leave us. He doesn't turn his back on us. All that was accomplished by the work of Jesus. But our choices and what we do, the way that we behave impact the way that we experience God. Do we agree on that? And here's where we've talked about this before and this idea of, of the physical or material world and the spiritual world. Now, so often we take the physical world and it trumps. It becomes so much greater than the spiritual world. We live in this world. This is, this is kind of our world. And we'll come over to the spiritual just for a second. And, and it's almost like we'll, we'll put our toe across. And we want more, but we don't know how to get there or, or we get impatient. And so we lean back into the physical world and it becomes greater and more real. How do we live in this place of not being afraid? How do we actually, when we understand it this way, it's a command. Jesus didn't say, if you feel like it, he, he said, do not be afraid. The only way that we truly enter into that is, is when we understand first that we are in Jesus. 
We have access to the heavenlies. There's nothing on this world that, that, that can overcome or destroy or defeat us because Jesus has us. And all of a sudden that spiritual and, and the material world, they blend together. Now Jesus lived the life where they were together. The spiritual and the physical were always together. And Jesus always saw through both. And I believe what you're going to hear as we move through the series and we hear these teaching and look at all these different places in scripture is this is a spiritual truth, but it's not just for the spiritual reality. It's a spiritual truth that, that invades and, and breathes life and truth into our physical real world. It's interesting. Jesus says this. Before he arrives at the, the don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. He says, I don't give as the world gives. And he, he says, I, I bring you peace. How does the world give? Well, the world gives conditionally, don't they? You drop a contract and there's agreements on both sides. And if you don't honor the contract, then it's dissolved and it's done. You're out. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you. And it's, it's a covenant that I'm making with you. And, and it's not just a conditional. It, it, you don't have to live perfectly. I already did that for you. It's unconditional. I don't give with the conditions of the world. I give with the conditions of the love of the father. Thank you, Lord. See, the world, uh, the world, we have to work for it. We have to work. We have to drive. We have to pursue. Sometimes there's amazing things that come as a result of, of the work, but we have to work and, and keep working, don't we? And, and that's where the grace of Jesus is so amazing. See, Jesus did the work for it. The access into the heavenlies is already done. It's been achieved. Now our obedience comes as a result of the work. It's not just the grace is there and then we kick back and relax. No, because of the grace and the love and the work that's already been done, we enter into this amazing work. And if you've done that work, if you've done that work of obedience, and really that's all it is, you know that there's no other place that gives you the fulfillment and the release and the joy. Now, there's so many more uh, that, that we could talk about here when Jesus says, I don't give as the world gives, but I want to give you one more. The world, with the world, there's no guarantees. And if our eyes are only on the physical world, if our eyes are only on the things around us and, and we think, well, that's, that's amazing. What happens when that thing disappears, when it changes, when, when there's hurt, when there's, uh, there's no guarantees in the world? It can come and it can go with Jesus. There is a lifetime, never ending covenant guarantee, which means that when you face troubles, we can take heart because he has overcome them all. Now, now remember 14, one starts with don't be troubled. 16 ends with take heart. 
You're going to have troubles. I've got them. And you are in me. Amazing. How can we be fearless? The way that we can be fearless is when we understand that we have the spirit of God speaking truth, that we're seated with Jesus in the heavenlies, that he's got us. I want you to flip over uh, into 1 John verse 4. And 1 John verse 4 says this, No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And this is how we know that we live in him and that he is in us. He's given us of his spirit. Now it sounds familiar, doesn't it? And it could be that it's because it's the same John who's writing that. And he's also writing this. And then it says, we've seen and testified that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. These are spiritual truths that are invading our physical world. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us. Okay. Too often we're functioning with pieces and with parts and we get uh, halfway there, uh, but we're missing this piece. And John is saying, hey, this is how you move from having a quarter of the love pie to having the complete love pie. This is how love is made complete so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world. We are like Jesus. In this world, we are like Jesus. The call is for us to be like Jesus. In, in this John 14, Jesus says, and he, and he uh, it indicates it in 15 as well. Hey, listen. And I believe Jesus does say, listen. He says, you come to me and ask me and you live like me and you're going to do greater things than, than I did. <laughs> come on church. Now, if your response to, to that is doubt, if it's that, that's the base of, of doubt is fear. Fear that you'll fail, fear that you won't succeed, fear that you'll make God look bad. Live fearlessly. Verse 18, so 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with judgment. Sorry, fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So I'm going to close here with uh, just, just with a story from Elizabeth Kubler Ross. And it's interesting if you just heard that and made the connection with the start where she said, there's only love or fear because you can't live both at the same time. Good connection. 
So Kubler-Ross, among a number of things, was, was trying to build and develop this farm where she was going to take in um, children who came uh, from parents who had HIV. And her goal was just to love them and bless them. And so they have this town hall meeting. Everybody's gathered together. If you've ever been at a town hall type meeting, you know the feelings that can start to be communicated, don't you? You know the, the uprising. So keep that in mind as I'm, I'm reading this and sharing this with you. So Kubler-Ross took the microphone. I only want to take babies six months to two years old, she said. Their life expectancy is one and a half to two years. They won't go to school with your children or go shopping or whatever. The only way you can have contact with them is to come to my center and change their diapers. And I don't plan to cost the county any money. Our staff will need housing. They'll spend money here. You'll probably gain money. Hoots greeted that remark as in like, ah, as if a teacher in the local high school stood up. I'm a born again Christian, he said. I believe with all my heart we ought to serve these helpless children, but not here. In New York City, why import AIDS to our community? There was a prolonged pause. A man with a long white beard stood. His voice was strident. Why should we be guinea pigs just because we live in the, in the country? You're going to wreck our county, he shouted. Aren't you the least bit ashamed of that? Kubler-Ross's soft voice didn't falter. 2,000 years ago, Jesus helped the lepers. But you're not Jesus, a woman shouted. No, I'm not. I'm only wanting to do what he taught. Your support is all from California. Why don't you go back there? Come to my house, Kubler began, and I'll show you the letters from every... I don't want to come to your house. A gray-haired woman in a flowered print dress rose slowly. This is God's house, but I think we've forgotten him. He said, suffer the little children to come to me. Have we lost our faith? Her words elicited a weak smattering of applause. A heavyset woman with short hair stood. I want to ask a question that no one else seems to be thinking about. You say you'll be teaching these children to live until they die. Will you teach them to die in Jesus Christ? Or are you teaching them reincarnation? Are you bringing a cult in here? I am a Christian and I'm not starting a cult. Kubler-Ross's voice was so soft. There were demands for her to repeat the statement. A male voice boomed from the shadowy depths of the church. Will you still try to bring in AIDS children if this kind of opposition continues? Kubler-Ross smiled. I am an eternal optimist. I believe that love will be stronger than fear. We hope that in time people will see there's no danger to the community. That's the call for us, church is in the midst of turbulent times around us, in the midst of, of the world seeming like it's in chaos, whether it's, it's around uh, race or whether it's around uh, a pandemic. Our call is to be the voice of God, the presence of his love. I want to give you just a few moments right now to go ahead and grab your communion elements. 
and then we'll meet back in here uh, in about, about a minute. So Jesus is gathered with his closest friends. He knows what's coming. And we know that there was concern. But he was not fearful. There was a tension because he knew what he had to bear. But he, but he was resolute and ready to press in. And he said to his closest friends, He said, this, this bread, this is my body, and it's broken for you. Eat and remember me. So go ahead, church. Take and eat and remember the body of Jesus broken for you. Thank you, Father. Here's, here's what I want to invite you to do with me. At the start of this, we shared with one another. We said, we said I am afraid of, and we spoke that out. And, and really, it was, it was not a declaration of I'm going to be stuck in this fear, but, but a confession before God that, that I've had this fear. And where I want us to land right now is, is because of the blood of Jesus. Right? Because he went and, and he said, this is, this is the new covenant. My blood shed for you. Because of this blood, we have freedom. We have the gift that is greater than anything that the world could give. It's the gift of the father that, that he lives in us and we live in him. I, I just want you to speak out with me and I'm going to tell you what we're going to say so that you can choose to speak out, but I am not afraid of, and then you'll say that thing that you said you were afraid of because of the love of God, the blood of Jesus and the direction of the spirit. And by direction, I mean that, that teaching that, that Jesus 
the Holy Spirit does. And that's actually what I'll say, the teaching of the Spirit, okay? And so, Lord, we know that, that you spoke this truth. We know that you made a way for us. And we know that you gathered with your, your closest friends. You said, this is the new covenant. Take and drink in remembrance of me. And this is where I want to invite you to join me, church, and just, just repeat after me. I am not afraid of. And then speak, speak that word or those words out. I am not afraid of. Because of the love of God, the blood of Jesus, and the teaching of the Spirit. Take and drink. Amen. Amen, church. Bless you. Bless you where you're meeting. Bless you with the abundance of the truth of Jesus. And I really want to challenge you to move out this week and live fearlessly. Live lives where where you don't fear. Live lives with your eyes turned to Jesus. Bless you. Have an amazing week. And we'll see you soon.